The other example is the one of the single woman who has an income of 115000 I don't know whether she has her own home or not. She goes to her financial planner and says, I am losing a whole bunch of money in old age security. A lot of it is clawed back. What can I do? And the financial planner says, nothing. You're single. You have no wiggle room. Welcome to Your Retirement Planning Simplified with your host, Joseph Curry, a CFP professional who is going to help you learn how to simplify your retirement planning. This podcast is all about helping you answer those burning questions you've had about your retirement possibilities and making a plan to get there. Through retirement planning education, resources, and expert interviews, Joe will help you get clear on your retirement vision, how to simplify it, and what you'll need specifically to achieve or maintain your financial freedom. Ready to live out your retirement dreams and create future opportunities for the ones you love? Then let's get started. Hello, and welcome to episode number 40 of Your Retirement Planet Simplified. I am your co-host, Joe Curry, and with me as always, Lindsay Wilson. How are you today, Lindsay? I'm good, Joe. How are you? I'm good, thanks. As we get into this intro here, I feel like I'm a little bit out of stride maybe because uh, we're so busy with client reviews right now. It seems like it's been a while since we've actually done one of these. It has been, actually. It's true. It's been a busy time for us here. Long-time listeners all know we often record our podcast kind of in batches. So it's been a little out of practice right now. And this one is the last one, obviously, we've recorded and Lindsay did it without me. So it's a bit of a different format this time. You know, I have a few thoughts on it, but yeah, this is the first time Lindsay did an interview without me. Yes. I'm sure some of our listeners will probably appreciate that. <laughs> They'll miss you, Joe. That's for sure. They'll miss your insight. Well, hopefully some of them anyway. Yeah. I know you'll give a proper intro to Jane here in a minute, but we had Jane Robertson on and just talking about tax fairness for single seniors. And we obviously just did another podcast episode on retiring single and planning for that. But people who are not single really would not give any thought to this. But there's definitely some significant disadvantages to retiring single when it comes to taxes, because any kind of tax planning, as we've talked about previously, it's designed for couples. So pension, income splitting, all that kind of stuff. It's pretty interesting to hear some of the thoughts that Jane had. As she mentioned in the podcast, it's not always easy to get government to move. And generally, they're going to move on something really that's going to help them stay elected. So they're not going to mm-hmm. have probably a whole lot of positive support from people when they're taking away benefits. So really, it's about trying to add in benefits for seniors. It was one of the takeaways that I got from the interview. Correct. Yes. A couple of the things I thought that she might get some traction around, I thought were really good ideas, was maybe having some kind of a different threshold for the old age security clawback and maybe the age credit for single seniors, because you could have two people and a couple both making now in 2023 about $86,000 a year and still collecting the full old age security. But if you're single and you live alone, that's just one income of $86,000 before you start to hit that clawback. So that made a lot of sense. And the other thing that she mentioned, I thought might make some sense too, is some kind of just additional tax credit for retirees who are single, just to help again with some of that additional tax burden that are taken on. So those are some of my thoughts. Sorry, go ahead, Lindsay. Did you have any- Oh, I was going to say one of the ideas that I thought was interesting was that she introduced giving single seniors who want the same tax benefits as couples the ability to transfer their RSP, RIF, or TFSA portfolios directly to a beneficiary of their choice. Now, we were chatting about this earlier. It would make sense in certain circumstances and not in others. And I thought you'd maybe want to speak to that where it might make sense and where it might not. 
Yeah. So I think the key to that is also tax-free. So tax-free savings accounts, you can definitely already do that. But the RIF and the RSP, while you can have beneficiaries, if it's not left to your spouse, then it's going to be taxable. So in a couple, generally, that would roll over tax-free to your spouse. And then on the surviving spouse, their death is when all the taxes would be paid. But there's scenarios where, you know, we have multiple single people living together, right? So sisters, obviously, is a good example. That's right. So if both those sisters are living in the same home and responsible for all the bills and they travel together and they share all their expenses, it would probably make a lot of sense that there could be some kind of a tax-free rollover just like with a couple, right? At the end of the day, it's accomplishing the same thing, right? It's helping that couple continue to maintain their lifestyle in retirement after the first spouse has passed away. So it would make a lot of sense if that were to happen for single seniors as well. Mm -hmm. I guess where there would have to be some kind of distinction, probably have to be like the living situation or some kind of guideline around that because Mm -hmm. even couples, when, again, the survivors pass away, they can't leave it to their kids, to their nephew, their niece, or things like that. There's still tax would be paid, right? So Mm -hmm. some kind of uh, guidelines that would probably just be a rollover to someone who you're living with and is helping kind of support with the bills and everything else in that household. So that's my thoughts on it. Mm -hmm. That's great. A bit of information about Jane Robertson is that she started this just a handful of years ago. She's 85. She founded Single Seniors for Tax Fairness, and it is a nationwide organization advocating tax reform so that single seniors get equal tax breaks to senior couples. Currently, seniors with partners get multiple tax benefits, as we've just discussed while seniors without partners get few or none. So that was her being a lifelong single person who worked 40 years as a teacher and a small business owner. When she retired, she found that she was struggling more than she anticipated and never thought that her savings would run out and sort of lit a fire for her in terms of seeking out tax fairness for single seniors. Yeah, so I think Jane has a lot of good insights today. Thanks, Lindsay, for taking the lead on this. And then right before we jump into the show here, what I did want to mention, I think this should be around May 18th. This is coming out. And I'm pretty confident now we can say that our website should be live, the new website. So retirementplanningsimplified.ca. So this is our new website, which is for the podcast or blog. So anything education that Lindsay and I are doing, we're pretty excited about that. So if you want to learn more about the podcast or see what else we're up to, this is not our financial planning site. It's just all education. So a lot of good information mm-hmm. there. We'll have some new tools there. So we're excited. I'm not sure if it'll be launched by May 18th, but we're excited. We have our retirement navigator coming out. Mm-hmm. We should have a couple other pieces on there too. So check that out. And as always, if you're enjoying the show or you think others should be listening to the show, feel free to leave us an honest five-star review. We really appreciate it. <laughs> That's great. Thanks, Joe. All right. Thank you, Lindsay. Welcome, Jane Robertson from Single Seniors for Tax Fairness. Thank you for joining us today to have a chat about what we can do when we're going at solo in retirement. Yes, thank you. I'm delighted to be here and talking to all your company's constituents. Just to start us off, I'd love to know what led you to become an advocate for tax fairness for single seniors and how has your personal journey influenced your work with your organization? A long story, probably, but You know, I'm 85. I grew up in the 1950s. I anticipated the standard life that all my friends led into during that time, which is married by 22, three kids by the time you're 25, one never working outside the home. Husband does all the work and on that single salary, he can afford everything, a home, cottage, whatever. However, (laughs) I woke up at the age of 40 
and realized probably Mr. Wright was never going to come along and I was never going to have that life. I was becoming broke. I had worked as a school teacher for about 15 years and in a couple of other jobs, but it was more and more difficult to live on a single salary because there'd been this influx of women and the whole feminist movement that had happened over the previous 10 years and the economy had adjusted to two incomes. Therefore, if you only had one, you were at a disadvantage, especially if you weren't a homeowner, because that's the investment that just naturally continues to go up, 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 up. So at that point, I started a business. I ran that for 20 years. I had employees. I paid taxes. The corporation paid taxes. The employees paid taxes, etc. All I wanted to do was have enough money that when I stopped working in my early 60s, that I wouldn't have to worry about money from Mm -hmm. then on. In other Mm -hmm. words, I could travel, I could stay in my rental apartment, and so on and so forth. Well, suddenly, I and in my 70s and early 80s, I started realizing that my tax bill was so much higher than all the friends I had, many of them married still, but some of them alone and had been smart enough to buy houses two decades earlier. Almost all of them had a home, and that was the ultimate security. And of course, in the last six years or so, their wealth has tripled and all tax-free. Whereas I found just to live, I needed to pull more and more out of my RRSP money and the little bit of money I had left in my corporation. I had no assets to speak of, not having a house. And every time I pulled money out, that just added to my tax bill. So I became furious over the whole situation. It is so unfair. Everybody who does not have a partner in their senior years is penalized to the hilt for not having a partner. So I started by writing to the Minister of Finance, who then was Bill Morneau. Of course, I had no response, despite two or three letters. Then I did have a response, and it was boilerplate, standard stuff. Here's what we're doing, blah, 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 blah. You know, we have already topped up the old age security. Well, I don't get a penny of old age security because I'm beyond the limits. It's it's all clawback. Exactly. So then I tried approaching organizations that were advocates for seniors. And there are so many seniors advocates, starting with CARP and so forth, wondering if they would take up my situation as an example of a whole bunch of people. Anyway. Nobody was interested. So I thought, okay, either I get serious about this or I forget it because this is getting nowhere. So at that point, I hired a 25-year-old friend who was tech-savvy to the hilt. We established a name, Single Seniors for Tax Fairness. We created a website and we were in business. And that's two and a half years ago now. Fantastic. So let's chat a little bit about Why is tax fairness particularly important for seniors who are single? And what are some of the unique challenges that you might face if you're going it solo? Well, before I say anything, I'd just like to establish that single seniors make up 39% of all the seniors. I mean, we are not 5%. We're not a negligible minority. Hmm. We are a major minority. And yet we're under these conditions that are discriminatory, et cetera, et cetera. But one of the things we were talking about just before we started recording 
was that, you know, people might enter retirement solo for any number of reasons, whether they're lifelong singles, whether it's divorce, whether it's widowhood, whatever Uh the reason. And they might have children as well. There's a variety of backgrounds that are incorporated under that retiring as a singleton, as it were. But I'm just wondering what might be some of the unique challenges that you might face or why is tax fairness particularly important? Well, the number one condition situation probably, and this is a known fact, that a single person needs two-thirds of the income of a couple in order to maintain the same lifestyle, like two-thirds. Mm-hmm. So already there's the basic disadvantage. Because of set costs, like accommodation is the same, whether it's two people or one person, if they have drive a car, one car for two people or one person, mm-hmm. Hydro, internet, phone, everything. Mm-hmm. You know, food is one of the few things that probably is more expensive, or at least is more expensive for a couple than for a single person. So that's the one main disadvantage is the cost of living. And connected to that is the fact that anything that the government takes taxes from us for is so called free, like health care good roads, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. It's two people pulling on those free situations mm-hmm. in a couple. Whereas a single person, there's only one is going to use the hospital and the doctors and so forth. And yet all the breaks are going to the couples. There's not one break for single people. Mm-hmm. So we're a totally disadvantaged group. The Ontario Human Rights Commission lists 14 areas of discrimination probably pulled from the Charter of Rights because there are six areas there. Of these 14, marital status is one. So if somebody is looking for a job and is turned down because she's of childbearing age or anything like that, you know, her husband lives in a different country or whatever, that is not a reason not to hire that person. But this is all discrimination in the tax system created by the government against single seniors. And we're only talking seniors because that's where the discrepancies between couples and singles are so pronounced. Yeah, especially, I mean, if we're looking at a situation like income splitting of pension income. Oh, totally. Yeah, so there's no transfer of RSP or TFSA portfolios, even come down to your beneficiaries. So there are... Uh a lot of areas under taxation that are discriminatory towards people who are not married, unfortunately. The case studies that we have from our supporters are just mind-boggling. Like two sisters who've lived together for 50 years, shared the expense of raising a child and all living expenses during that time. They want the same right as a couple, which would be when one person dies, her RRSP, well, RIF, because these ladies are now in their 70s and 80s. They want the right to give that portfolio directly to the remaining sister. Nope, not allowed. Yeah, unfortunately, it it has to be a married couple in this instance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a couple, all shapes and sizes. And the other example that we have in there that I think illustrates everything is that the one of the single woman who has an income of 115000 I don't know whether she has her own home or not. She goes to her financial planner and says, I am losing a whole bunch of money in old age security. That's all clawed, or a lot of it is clawed back. What can I do? And the financial planner says, nothing. You're single. You have no wiggle room. 
And then he says, let's pretend that you have a partner. And suddenly the two partners living on 115000 in pension income each are taxed on $57,000, not $115,000. And the reduction in their tax bill is $21,000. This woman pays $21,000 a year more than these two people do, this mm-hmm. couple. And the couple gets full access to all their old age pension, full access to the age credit, which gives them a two or $3,000 break. I mean, it just goes on and on. We have talked to 135 members of parliament. Of that group, 130 are full-time supporters of our. We've had eight different MPs have read petitions in the House, etc. But at least half of the people of those MPs were completely unaware of this situation. Unless it affects their family, like suddenly they have a mother-in-law who's widowed or some such thing, they've been completely ignorant of the fact that this has gone on, which I always say is partly the fault of single people. Like, first of all, you'll never hear a politician ever address single people. I mean, we just don't exist. We're outliers. And if they do address things, or at least not necessarily single, but old people, it's we're all in long-term care. We're not out living a life. And they've gotten away with this because simply single people have not stood up for their rights. Mm. I mean, it's really double-sided. And most times governments won't do anything unless there's a groundswell of support from the public and big demands. So that's what our organization is all about. And we have people right across the country, every province, and we're making headway. If we were to talk a little bit more about Single Seniors for Tax Fairness, what are some of your key priorities or initiatives for the organization that you're going to be focusing on in the coming months or years even? We've learned a lot by talking to all these members of parliament, of course. And one of the things we've learned is that government does nothing unless they're pushed into it, forced into it. The second thing we've learned is that the priority for the government is to stay in power. Mm -hmm. Not to do the right thing, but to stay in power. Therefore, they will refuse to take away any of these wonderful breaks that are already in place. Mm -hmm. So the two main ones are income splitting. They won't touch that. And also this transfer of portfolio business, whether it's a TFSA or a RIF Mm -hmm. or an RRSP. So we say fine. And of course, the tax-free asset of a house, because all kinds of singles are renters. Mm -hmm. And that means just as the guy in the house is earning thousands every year by doing nothing, the renter is so often now pushed out onto the street by the landlord and so forth. So what we are all about is equality. If they don't want to take away any of the goodies for these other people who are just moving further and further up into the high lifestyle, then they have to stop punishing us and pushing us into the poverty level because that's what the tax system is doing now, forcing us to take so much of our savings and to reduce our lifestyle. We hear, oh, story after story, for instance, of women who are being kicked out of apartments and they are out on the street looking for something else that's comparable, and they end up leaving their nice two-bedroom and ending up in a basement apartment someplace. 
So how could we rectify that situation? What would be some of your suggestions for rectifying a tax? Well, we once again have been told, don't ask for too much because the government's not going to do much. We have a list of four or five different suggestions. One that we promoted last year was why not, for instance, as a single senior, if I have taxable income of $100,000, make me only pay taxes on two-thirds of that. So I declare a taxable income of 66000 rather than 100000 And then, of course, we were asked, we're supposed to have researchers who've done all this investigation and so forth. We have no money. We live on the money I've poured into it and also donations when we go to our supporters. A second option is perhaps a non-refundable tax credit of $25,000, something like that. Another one is, and this makes so much sense, raise the clawback level for yeah. single seniors. Instead for old of age security, right? That's old age right. security, yeah. Yes, for old age security. Also raise it for the age credit. Right now you don't get the age credit if you have an income of over $90,000. So make it 120000 or something before the age credit is eliminated for you. And then there's another one when it comes to the idea of the renter versus the house owner. We took this from an article that was in the Globe and Whale with permission. This man had suggested why not allow single people to put a whole lot of money into their TFSA. This is renters. This is people who have never had a house, sold it, and had all the tax-free money Mm -hmm. to pocket. This is people like me who have never owned a house, always been a renter. Allow people like me to take $50,000 out of my RRSP, if I have that, and stick it into a TFSA so that I'm not paying tax on it. Because as a renter, when I die, the day of my death, my only money now is a RIF portfolio and a little bit of money left over from the business that I ran. That business will be cashed out on the day of my death, and so will the RIF. That will push me into the 53% bracket, and I will lose more than half of it. Right. And Joe Blow next door, who is sitting in a house, can cash out the house that he bought $15,000 60 years ago for $2 million, and it's all tax-free. Right. And what about, we did touch on this before, but giving single seniors the right to transfer the RSP, RIF, and TFSA portfolios directly to some portfolios of a beneficiary of their choice. Right. Because that's, once again, something that the couples have. Let's pretend I have a partner and I have $50,000 in my RIF and he has $50,000 in his RIF. When I die, if I'm the first to go, my $50,000 RIF goes directly into his. Mm -hmm. And it's exactly the same with the TFSA. And with the RIFs, of course, he's forced to pull out so much, then he's got a $100,000 RIF that he's got to pay taxes on Mm -hmm. the amount that he takes out each year. And when he dies, then that's when the cash, his RIF, whatever's left, will be cashed out. And he'll also be treated as I'm treated. But he has one more step than I do. Mine is just cashed out as soon as I die, that's it. And the very same thing with TFSA. Now, I have no children, of course, but I do have nieces and nephews who grew up on welfare. 
and have been highly impoverished. And that where is where a whole lot of my money has gone in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Rent payments, mortgage payments at one point, camp experiences, ski lessons, travel, etc. These kids now are all in their late 20s, early 30s, community college graduates, and so nicely placed for a very happy middle-class life. They will get not a cent of money from anybody else. So leaving money to these people is just as important to me Mm -hmm. as it is for people who have children who Mm -hmm. want to leave money to them. But by the time the tax system gets a hold of whatever I have left, there'll be next to nothing left for them. Right. Oh, I know one more thing about the tax. The TFSA, when it is transferred, now my TFSA, some of it could go directly into the TFSA of these kids if they have room. But for a partner, if I had a partner, now we're not talking about the kids, all of my TFSA can go into his TFSA. So if he's already got 50000 there and I add my 50000 this partner ends up with 100000 mm-hmm. And as we know, there are no limits on how far it can grow mm-hmm. and the government can't touch it. Mm-hmm. So again, we're asking for the same, just mm-hmm. equality. Like mm-hmm. stop beating up on single people is right. what it amounts to. So if you had any final parting advice or words that you could give to someone who's struggling, you know, as someone who's going at solo in their retirement years or senior years with tax issues or doesn't know where to turn for help, what would your sort of piece of advice or pieces of advice be? Number one, sign up with our organization. I mean, we're the only one that is beginning to be visible Mm -hmm. to the powers that be. That's one thing. Number two, write to their MP. And don't worry about the grammar or the sentence structure or anything. Those members of parliament have to listen to their constituents. And I will also say that of the 135 MPs we've talked to, once they know what's going on, and you have to point it out to them, 130 of them are on board. I mean, they're all supportive, except for about five that are going to think about it. Oh, well, I'm not so sure and so Mm -hmm. forth. So. I think they will have a ready listener in their own member of parliament. But like if one person writes, it's not going to matter a whole lot. If 10 people write and say, this is how the situation is affecting me now. If 40 people write, then you have the beginning of a groundswell. I mean, these members of parliament, you know, it's the voters who have the power. So that letter coming from somebody who's really stretched, and we get so many of them, and don't write just once. Keep writing. Write once. Next week, write again. The following week, write again. Mm -hmm. And when you get a letter, if you get a letter back that says, oh, we understand and tries to explain they're already doing so much for seniors, which they are in the poverty level, Mm -hmm. but our constituency really is true middle class. Mm-hmm. You know, it's people that either have their own home or have assets in a rift or something. The policies are pushing, pushing, pushing our group down. I mean, they're just decimating what little we have. We don't have as little as a whole bunch of people that are in the poverty class. But, you know, if anything's going to change, it's when Ottawa decides to change it. 
And the only mm-hmm. route to Ottawa is letters to your member of parliament. There's Taking no- time to vote for the right representative who you feel will represent you fairly. Absolutely. And- yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And telling all your friends, mm-hmm. you know, talking to your friends who are single or even the friends that aren't single. When I started this, I had almost 100% support from my friends. And my friends happen to be living in Toronto in the $3 million condos. Like they don't need a cent of this. And a lot of them are widows now and some are divorced and so forth. But they know the inequities that are there. So this should be a point of conversation among Mm -hmm. everybody. And if you're going to a tax man and looking for new routes to save taxes, good luck. There are none done if you're not part of a couple. So it's just push, push, push for tax change. To advocate for yourself under a very, you know, somewhat discriminatory taxation system, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And just break the assumptions, too. You were speaking briefly about, you know, that when you hear about seniors, it's usually about long-term care. And I think it's fair to point out that just because one is retired doesn't mean you're not living a full, uh, varied, exciting life with with lots of of adventures and interests, right? I met one of our supporters the other day. She has moved into a retirement home. Mm-hmm. But this lady, she exercised. I was tired just listening to her. She exercises <laughs> five times a week. She's in three different exercise classes. She's on two different boards relating to retirement. She has just come back from a trip to Mexico. Next on the list is Italy for her grandson's wedding. And then Turkey with a bunch of friends. Like, you know, 50-year-olds wouldn't be this active. And she's 89. There you go. Yeah. It's important to break the assumptions that we have about what it means to be a senior in retirement, right? Exactly. And until our voices are heard, I mean, really, it is half our fault because we've Mm -hmm. said nothing. We just tolerate it. And we all assume all Canada is the best country in the world. Of course, everything's fair. It's not fair. But unless we make a fuss, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Just speak up. We have to speak up. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Jane, for taking the time to speak with me today. We'll, of course, include some extra articles, a link to Single Senior for Tax Fairness in our podcast notes. And if people wanted to reach out and get in touch with you or the organization, could you just give us just a quick idea of how they might do that? Yeah. All they have to do is Google www.singleseniorsfortaxfairness and up will come our website and it's full of information. And please help yourself to any of it that you see on there, especially if they push the buttons at the top. I can't even remember. There's a technical term for that. (laughs) The tab, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, under each, they'll get all kinds of things and information. And there's a way for them to sign up and it costs them nothing. What that means is they will continue to get newsletters or whatever. We don't have an official setup for newsletters, but when we have something to report, then we send it out. For instance, we had recordings of several of the different MPs who presented our petition Mm -hmm. in Parliament. So we sent those out to all our members, etc., They'll just know what's going on. And also, they can write to us and tell us their situation if they want to and put them in touch with this whole group. And that's across the country. And I think it's over 700 now. And of course, it would be 7,000 if we had the money to advertise everywhere. Right. 
Well, hopefully people listening to the podcast, if they know somebody this might be helpful to, they'll forward it on to them and share it with people that it would be relevant to and the word out. We had a really good meeting with the local MP there, whose name now is right out of my head. Uh, uh, I think it's Michelle Ferreri. yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And that was a good year ago now, but she was very interested. Because the other interesting thing is that Ottawa is truly representative of the society. And there are all kinds of single people down there. A few guys that are divorced and probably women who are divorced too, for sure. But also women who have never married, who are in their 40s and 50s. And I guess they'll have a very hefty pension, but will end up, if they're not careful, in situations like mine. I'm sure they've all bought houses by now. but Yeah, they might be lucky in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you once again, Jane, for taking the time to speak with us. Thank you. Investment services are provided through Matthews & Associates Investments of Aligned Capital Partners Incorporated and approved trade name of Aligned Capital Partners Inc. ACPI. Only investment-related products and services are offered through ACPI slash Matthews & Associates Investments of ACPI and covered by the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Tax planning, financial planning, and insurance services are provided through Matthews & Associates. Matthews & Associates is an independent company separate and distinct from ACPI slash Matthews & Associates investments of ACPI. Matthews & Associates are not licensed tax professionals, and you should consult with your tax advisor before acting on any recommendations. Thank you for joining us for this latest episode of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. If you'd like to see how prepared you are for retirement, We've created a free retirement readiness calculator to help you out. Go to matthewsandassociates.ca forward slash ready to input your retirement information and receive instant feedback to help you evaluate your current retirement readiness. Be sure to tune back in for the next episode. And until then, we're here to help you simplify and succeed in your retirement planning.